Hey, this is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, telling you to go above and Batman beyond. This is Adam Beechin. This is Yoko McCann from Funko. This is Zach from Diamond Select Toys. This is Bernard Chang. Dan Bergen. Hey everyone, it's Michael McQuistian. This is Lolita Ritmanis. This is Christopher Carter with Dynamic Music Partners. This is Travis from at Saturday Morning Batman on Instagram. This is Eli Benson, also known as Batman Beyond fan page, and I'm telling you to go above and Batman Beyond. 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 Welcome, Neo-Gothamites, to Above and Batman Beyond, a YouTube series and podcast all about the futuristic Bat Beyond. I am your co-host, Benjamin David. Our show is brought to you by our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe. That's youtube.com slash above and Batman Beyond. All right, guys, good to be back. Last week was our first episode back in quite a while, so it's good to be here for another week. Today, we're going to be covering Batman Beyond the White Knight, as well as Batman Beyond Neo Year. And then we're going to be covering a few more news topics in the world of Beyond. We have some Q&A for you guys. Lots of fun stuff for you today. Uh, we knew we were away for a bit there. And with two Batman Beyond books currently running, along with all the other news and beyond, we thought we'd do a bit of a news recap show uh, to catch up. So today, we're going to be mostly covering Sean Murphy's Beyond the White Knight and then Neo Year as well. That's the new six-issue Batman Beyond miniseries from DC. In terms of a full-on review for these books, we decided to do the following few episodes, and that's where we're going to cover each book more in depth, more like a review. As of now, there are two issues published for each, so we're definitely going to have plenty to talk about. And joining me for today's Beyond News Recap is your co-host, my close friend, and Beyond expert, Eli Benson. You can follow Eli on his very powerful Instagram, that's at Batman underscore Beyond underscore fan page. Be sure to check out last episode of the pod uh, for our Neo Year pre-show. That was with recurring guest and friend of the show, Tommy, at Batman underscore Beyond Comics on Instagram. Please subscribe to the pod so you don't miss an episode. We are above and Batman Beyond. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And please be sure to write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you like the show. Subscribe to our other shows here in the channel. We have the DC Animated Movie Show, and then we also have DC Collecticast, talking action figures and collectibles from the DC Universe. For DCAMs, we'll soon be covering Constantine House of Mystery, the newest of DC Showcase animated shorts from DC Entertainment. Subscribe to both those shows on your favorite podcast app. Again, that's DC Animated Movie Show and DC Collecticast. If you don't already, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We are at Batman Beyond Media. And once again, subscribe to our YouTube channel where our show here is based. You can find vid clips from today's podcast, last week's show, as well as a ton of other Beyond content for you guys to enjoy. All right, all you comic nerds of the Murphyverse, let us go beyond the White Knight. This is Eli Benson, also known as Batman Beyond Fan Page, and I'm telling you to go above and Batman Beyond. All right, dude, so let's cover the comics and then other news in Beyond. So let's start with White Knight. Uh, go. I think White Knight is incredible. I think it is everything that I have personally not only wanted from Batman Beyond as lore, but uh, as a comic property. Batman Beyond has had such a wild ride when it comes to his uh, presence in comic continuity. And even that itself is a very convoluted thing, his comic continuity presence. 
as he's been a part of various timelines and and kind of amalgamation timelines that have been rewritten. But I think that uh, this really takes the heart of what the animated series at its best did mm. uh, and really uh, reinvents it uh, to kind of fit this already great established universe. And I couldn't be happier with what we're getting so far. I don't even know really where to begin because there's just so much <laughs> I enjoy about it. No, I think you put it. Uh, that's a really good point about how he brings back the way you felt about the animated series because thematically he hits everything that's beyond, but he does it in such a Murphy way, meaning that he is so bold in the the kind of the moves that he makes in changing bat continuity. A lot of that's due to the freedom that he has from doing the DC Black Label stuff, of course. But nonetheless, he's really good at tweaking the Bat legacy, but just enough where it honors the shit out of Batman. This guy is so clearly a fan of the source material. And now that he's in Beyond, I mean, even on his own podcast, like it aligns, this book is aligning with his own podcast which is it's called like badass or whatever, where he covers Batman, the animated series. And now he's doing beyond. Yeah. And he even, um, <clears throat> he's worked on Batman beyond uh, to a small degree. Anyway, to my knowledge back uh, when it was Batman beyond 2.0, he did the covers Yes, 2.0 and uh, yeah, the Kyle Higgins book. Yeah. And he was, he was great there. And uh, it's just, Hearing him talk about the series, like you said, Batman, the animated series, Batman Beyond as well. He just really understands the series. And uh, like I said off air, uh, it's as much a joy to read this as I'm sure it was for him to write this. Uh, It's, you know, anytime a new character appears on screen, um, I just, he reinvents them in a way that everything interconnects Mm. without being convoluted. Uh, in a really just genius way that doesn't betray anyone's character. Um, I'm hitting it with the real broad strokes right now. <laughs> hey, let me, uh, can you see the screen? Yes. Cool. We're getting high tech here. Yes. The costume. <laughs> the, so the idea of beyond the white knight to me is fascinating in and of itself of you have, the first white knight being Batman white knight is a political thriller. Curse of the white knight is an historical thriller. And then beyond the white knight is a sci-fi thriller. We were just talking off mic about kind of recapping what happened in curse and how it lines up with this. And the genius to me of curse, I am not nearly as much of a, I shouldn't say not nearly, but I'm not as much of a fan of curse as I am of the first white knight. Sure. I can already tell with beyond the white knight, this is my second favorite. Um, I can't tell if it is my first, of course I want to say it is because it's beyond, but that that's yet to be seen. Uh, it's only, you know, two issues, but in terms of what he called it again, with it, by thrillers, I love how this is the sci-fi uh, kind of conclusion to the setup of the end of curse. That's where I left off. So in curse, the the genius of curse, even though I wasn't a huge fan of curse, um, I love how it sets up the whole Wayne family fortune thing of this is this insecure, sloppy, emotional Batman, a very different Batman from what we've seen. And because he has his own Murphy verse, he can kind of play around in that way. He's a little older 
And so things like legacy are far more important to him than maybe other versions of Batman or other people. I would say, argue even younger people probably don't care nearly as much about, you know, ancestral sin <laughs> affecting how they operate as, as a mass vigilante now, but this guy is all hung up on it. That's the story of curse. Then all that being taken away from him when he goes too far, which of course follows up on white Knight, the first one of this Batman, just going too far, being sloppy again, emotional. And then, them taking his family fortune and rolling it into the, the construction of Neo Gotham is just genius of that's how that ridiculous city gets built of pyramids and all that stuff that in a very Murphy verse way, uh, although he really obviously embraces the medium. I mean, just look at the guy's art. It's fascinating that he still has an approach that's very grounded. Um, And I just, I respect the shit out of him for that. And, Again, just going back to all three books lining up, I think he's just, he's the guy for the job for this kind of book. <laughs> Agreed. And, and to kind of uh, piggyback off your point, what you made just now about the architecture of, you know, Neo-Gotham scaling up off of the fortune of Bruce Wayne, it really actually kind of adds the, the nuance that it already had in the animated series where, you know, and I've talked about this on Instagram and it's been discussed by some of the producers how Derek Powers and Neo Gotham kind of represent each other. You know, a, a very uh, Neo Gotham is a very futuristic, uh, you know, society, you know, and it's, it's very, very beautiful, very, very large in scale, but it's a cesspool of, of, corruption and lies Mm. and shame and uh, you know Derek Powers represents that you know being the Derek Powers character but hiding this blight form yeah like it's big it's powerful it's shiny Mm -hmm. it's beautiful on the outside but it's evil which is also uh we're about to talk about Neo Year in a second and that fits in with the villain there you know that villain of light and it's like nah this shit's dark (laughs) yeah and, uh, you know, you made a good point off Mike uh, about how everyone in this or, you know, how white is a color in this universe as well. And, you know, we talked about how the uh, in the Murphy verse anyway, now the, uh, the, the police wear those uh, white jump super suits. Yeah, you made a real good point with that. Yeah, the bat, uh, the bat police GTO are white suits. Yeah. And, and there's this really interesting dichotomy and Batman has the black suit. Uh, so it's really, it's interesting how we're using color to show sides, but you know, it, the, the irony is we're doing blacks and white and everything's a shade of gray because a lot of people are being lied to. Not everyone has the full idea. Ah, um, very well done. It's just, it's really interesting. And I just like how Murphy plays with just, you know, the, the imagery with things like that. There's um, so much I could say about this. I don't even know <laughs> where to begin. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, like you said, it's really prevalent on if it sticks to landing, you know, at the time we're recording this, we're only two issues in. But yeah, it's I, true. I mean, we're only, we are only two issues in, you know, it's eight issues altogether, which is interesting. Um, I like how it's, I've been telling everybody, if you, if you have spoilers of white Knight, don't share them because it's like, television like it's short enough where in this case eight episodes of something eight issues um 
you know, keep it to yourself kind of. And it's just exciting that the stakes are that much higher because it's a mini series. And especially with something that's time related of beyond and, and, uh, probably the end. I mean, we're going to get spinoffs of this as we already know with, um, the Jason Todd story and, and the red hood, but it's still an idea of finality and, and the future and all that. So eight books, you know, it's, it's yet to be seen, but, um, any final thoughts on beyond the white Knight? Um, I just want to close by talking about the costume. Now we will talk about this a lot moving forward, mm-hmm. but I do want to touch on it. Uh, I, I really like how, as we're moving forward, uh, we've seen in comics that such a very simple costume can be reinvented in so many different ways and so many subtle ways. Uh, I was thinking about it the other day and, and uh, I was listening to an interview with Bruce Tim where he was discussing how they really wanted this to be a extremely simple yet striking costume. And it was, it was extremely simple just being the logo and the belt. And yet it has been reinvented now numerous times. And a lot of people have, I've noticed on Instagram, uh, looked at this and have had heads or tails opinions on the suit, the ears being the thing that grabs a lot of people's attention. And I find it really interesting just because I don't think people realize quite how much the suit has been reinvented uh, time and time again in comics. And I mean, again, just for being as simple as it is, the fact that so many artists can put their own spin on it's really cool. And I like this version of the suit. I like the little red um, accents on it, the little vents. Yeah, the red accents are dope. I love the little spikes on the back. I like the spikes. Um, <laughs> it's just very Murphy. It fits in the flavor of this universe. Yep. And I like... I like Neo-Gotham this. is gorgeous, by the way, if we haven't said that. Neo-Gotham is gorgeous. Oh, my God. And I like how the characters are discussing the suit um how bruce is taking this as like a very serious threat this is the most dangerous bat suit he's ever created uh there's clearly a lot of uh there's clearly a lot of secrets around this suit and um you know just it's it's a lot to handle it surprises terry just like in rebirth one um when he says like the suit the suit's even better than I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of parts like that in this issue where it was just doing surprising things with its capability. Yeah. I love how it was like scaring him and he was like, Oh shit. I didn't expect it to do that. And yeah. Um, yeah. All that was really good. Really impressive. Awesome. So uh, let us move on to Neo year. So we're going to talk about Batman beyond Neo year. This is the other book currently running a six issue miniseries from DC comics. Um yeah, what did you think? This is uh, it's Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, written by, and then the art is by Max Dunbar. Uh, what do you think of? You read? You've now you're now caught up on Wake and Neo Year. Yes, yes. So this branches off Urban Legends number seven. Oh, and please don't talk about two because I still haven't read uh, Neo Year two, which you have. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna again. This is broad strokes today. Okay. Yeah. So. I'm going to, again, back this up to Urban Legend 7, and, you know, I'll kind of go into Neo Year. Uh, I didn't really do much research on this going into it. Uh, I I wanted to go in with a very cold experience of not knowing what to expect or who to expect. 
And I was extremely surprised, happily so, at least talking within the context of urban legends with the maturity of how we're handling Terry McGinnis as a character, all these characters, but really Terry McGinnis. Um, usually in comics, we like to handle him as sort of Peter Parker light. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, he's more of a cliche than a character a lot of times, not all the times. Certain writers do him really well, but certain writers, I can tell, just kind of want to do the Peter Parker spin to a degree. Um, this is one of those comics that I came in and I really saw the character of Terry McGinnis again. Uh, I, I like that we're taking him to new places being, you know, I don't know if we're talking spoilers, but, uh, yeah, just not spoilers for, uh, for book two. I don't, I don't mind book one, book one's been out for over a month now. So, yeah. Okay. So, you know, with the whole thing of Bruce Wayne, passing and we're and we're making a mystery out of it this is what i've always wanted uh and this is why i praise return of the joker so much in part because it's this case this mystery that is beyond terry um and he has to solve it with one hand tied behind his back which is without his greatest detective his greatest sidekick bruce um his mentor and uh i like that that's what this book is framed around. I like that it's kind of this really coming into the role of Batman for Terry McGinnis um, mm. as his own now and having to make his own decisions on things, uh, having to really, he's, he has to kind of tap into his own inner detective now. Uh, but we still, he's still Terry. He still has that quippiness to him. He still has that kind of uh, the wit. Yeah, the wit. So I, I enjoy the Spidey stuff. wit. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why we like him because he is really much kind of the amalgam of Bruce and, and Spider-Man in a lot of ways. And I feel like books like this handle it really well. So then moving into Neo Year, I like that now we're, even though I'm not blown away by any of the new characters that have been created or <laughs> that per se. What's, what's the matter? You don't like the holographic man? <laughs> I appreciate things like that though. Uh -huh. I appreciate that we're, that we're lore building, even yeah. if it's not grabbing me. Um, th these are the right things that we're doing. And, you know, I, I, I kind of want to hit this and say both in context of this and the Murphy verse, I appreciate that both of these um, are not in the DCAU, and I appreciate, especially in the context of Murphyverse, that DC is allowing him to do this within... They're just letting him tell the story he wants to tell. It's not locked within any type of continuity. Yeah, that black label really affords you a lot. It's great. It does, and I feel like this is how you get good character stories, by letting creators tell the stories they want to tell and continuity, this also reminded me just how much of a trap Marvel and DC continuities can be <laughs> and how much it really binds the writers to have to tell stories that all interweave with each other. Whereas with these stories, they're not really interconnected with anything. They're just their own stories. And I, 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 I like that. It's, it, on a film scale, it's the Batman. It's not the MCU. It's not the DCEU. It's just its own story that it wanted to be told. 
And I think there just needs to be more of this right now. No, I want more Affleck from Justice League. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, it's... uh, I like that this and the Murphyverse, uh, they're both, you know, just totally... Wait, no, wait. I said Black Label before. Neo Year is not Black Label, but it's a miniseries. No, you said Murphyverse was Black Label. I did. I was mixing up the two comics. The point is, both of them are afforded... This in the case of Neo Year, you have the uh, you're afforded that because it's a mini series, and then especially with uh, Murphy and the Black Label. But I love aspects of Neo Year. I think story wise, it's yet to be seen. Obviously, it's early on. I think the art is way better than the story, though. I think that Wake, the story was almost as strong as the the art. My problem with Wake. And this whole story, though, is it's just a little too long Halloween for my taste. And, uh, you know, the whole even in even in Wake, which I like better than Neo Year, there's a lot of someone's killing the gangsters because someone's killing the bad guys. Someone's killing the gangs, you know, instead of gangsters getting killed in, in the original long Halloween, you have gangs being attacked, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just a little too close to that stuff where it's like, I've seen stories like this before. I tend to not be a big mystery fan. Anyway, I've talked about this in previous podcasts talking about this, but, um, or, you know, talking about wake, but it, I'm still, I really like the art. Look, it's like half of the medium is art and man, I just look around at this. It's Neo Gotham is absolutely stunning. I think that the action is, incredible and usually that goes to the artist as well of the writer kind of just hands off action and maybe not i mean you know you don't know exactly what and again it's uh lansing and kelly and then you got dunbar and art and he man that team is absolutely crushing the action in this there's a whole ton of stuff with like the boot jets incorporated into the fighting and really creative shit that i've never even thought of with beyond i also love in this um, you know, we have a comment coming up and, and it's related to this, but it said in, and our last podcast episode was about this in our near year pre-show where they said, like you would do in any kind of pitch meeting of it's year one meets long Halloween. And I def- definitely, there's year one stuff in this, but you know, I think that that was a little misleading because But what I do like about it is that it's like what I do like from year one in terms of noir. And I think this totally nails noir. Mm -hmm. Um, And probably what what I'm trying to say is that's what they should have said in the press release of. It's the noir aspects of year one and um, and long Halloween. But yeah, man, I I think it nails the noir stuff. I like that the noir narration is also kind of organic to the story. It's not forced. Uh, because it's him talking to Bruce. So that's kind of interesting. It's not just an internal monologue. It's him talking almost in second person, I guess you'd say, uh, like talking to someone else. So, um, and then the whole thing about, you know, it's a story of legacy. It's a story of new Neo. I, I don't like similar to what you said, and I'll wrap uh, talking about Neo year here of like, this is where I'm a little hesitant of, you don't need to keep, moving away from an, an neo-ing something that's already so new it's like 
the more new stuff you make, it just, uh, I wish we would play around with the older villains though. We do a little bit in uh for sure in wake, there's like a bit of a, a survey of the old villains in, in a very hush way of rolling through the rogues. I thought that was great, but then I don't know. And in Neo year, it doesn't seem as good as, as wake in that sense. And the idea of this holographic man, I think kind of thematically, it's really interesting of, of a character of light in such a dismal place. And, you know, like you were saying before of, of powers, I think you were talking about it with, with uh white knight of, you know, he symbolizes the kind of, or got Neo Gotham is like another symbol of his, his power and how all that got built up and corruption and all that, um, that this beauty comes at a price because there's this huge underbelly of crime and all this crap underneath these pyramids. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I think, I think it all kind of works with this too, but yeah, I'm just a little, I wish I was a little more positive on this as I was, uh, on white Knight. I'll say that. I think my problem with this is that it came out at the same time as uh, White Knight. I just, I had a hard time uh, kind of getting into this book just on the sheer premise that White Knight is giving me, and this is a personal anecdotal thing, but White Knight's kind of giving me everything I want out of the Batman Beyond story at the moment. And it's not to say that I don't want this. It's just to say that I'm a little distracted right now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I can't really enjoy this story without being without comparing it at the very least or forgetting about it, you know, entirely while I wait for the other one. Um, I don't want to get conspiracy theorists on here, but I have a hunch as to why they're rushing both of these stories out at the same time um and and when there's let's hear it i mean we're done with neo year so let's hear your uh conspiracy theory uh i i think that well in all the flux of the dceu i do think that we're going to be shifting in the direction of beyond very soon i think that something beyond related is going is probably going to be teased in the flash movie and I think that they're going to get use that in addition to all the beyond stuff we've been getting to gauge the reception of fans. And I think if it's received well, we will get like the beyond movie everyone's been asking for. I really don't think it's as far out of reach as people think. And I think we're actually in the beginning stages of that. And I think this is part of that. Um, I have something highlighted here. Our live action flash problem implications for beyond. So if you think that there is something coming, uh, you know, in these comics being kind of a rush for that, for a live action beyond movie, do you think it's going to be in one of the flash movies, like with the Michael Keaton? Because if that's true, what about our live action asshole flash? (laughs) I think that they would use the flash movie as a way to, I mean, I don't know where they're going to end the flash with all that. I'm just saying that they are in some way going to open the door for Batman beyond if not with Michael Keaton himself, uh, just with something, there's going to be something I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Uh, and I, uh-huh. I think that 
some people see I, I have heard various speculations on this some people think that it's going to be as direct as them interacting with a terry mcginnis batman beyond from a different universe i don't think it's going to be that per se but i do think you shouldn't be surprised if you got like a terry mcginnis cameo or at the very least a cameo that there's been a beyond bat suit in production in this universe somehow um i, I just think that uh there's been way too much Batman Beyond activity lately, and the movies are kind of right where you want it to be to pivot in that direction. So if it's not now, then I then I don't know. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, it makes sense. You know, Beyond is something that is obscure enough where a conspiracy would kind of make sense, meaning like it's niche enough where why would they be pushing something this niche if unless there's something going on? Right. I just, I just feel like they're doing this to kind of test the water. And I think the flash will be the biggest test of that. I think they'll throw out a Batman beyond sort of, it could be a blink and you miss it thing. It could be a very direct cameo uh, or it could be an involvement to a degree. But I think they're going to throw something out there related to Beyond, and they're going to test the reception. And if it's received well and noticed, I think they're going to heavily move in that direction. Oh, snap. Uh, you know, and it's a perfect time. It's, I'm glad they waited until technology is where it is. They're going to absolutely knock it out of the park uh, if they do it right with the tech that they have. Between how good CG looks, but also, I think, practical, uh, what we've seen with and the mix thereof in superhero movies, I think they could do a lot. I think so too. All right, cool. So we have just under 10 minutes, according to Zoom, uh, a couple other items. So beyond popping up in other new comics. So Inc. Uh, is in one of the new Bat books. Did you see that? I saw that. I haven't read the book, but I saw at least her involvement. It was either a post you shared or someone shared. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool seeing that. And I actually saw the issue in person just leafing through uh, on my Wednesday warrior trip to the comic book store and saw it in one of the bat books. I was like, oh, there she is. <laughs> Did that book take place in the future? I forget. I, I didn't. It looked like a Neo kind of Gotham type thing, uh, but I didn't want to go through because I didn't want to spoil it for myself. Yeah. But a lot of, you know, the current continuity is anyway. There's like a lot of uh, stuff left over from future state. So, yeah, I got to really dive back in and get re-established on everything. Uh, and then also Spellbinder is in the Batgirls book. Yes. Uh, I haven't seen that, though, but I did hear about that. Yeah, I haven't caught up to that, but I listened to the uh, Batman Book Club. Check that out. It's on the Batman on Film podcast network. And they um, they talked about how she's in like issue four or five. So I'm on issue two right now. And so I'm looking forward now to catching up with that. He looks different. He's got like horns. Um, I don't know if that's a visual throwback to the original Spellbinder of, of like old DC comics, which and beyond was kind of a, a new spin on him. And it was also obviously like the Scarecrow influence and things like that. But um, it's cool to see beyond villains popping up in modern day comics. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to look into that one. So I'm glad you brought up our live action flash problem initially before. Uh, no, I, I, I led into that, but I am glad that you talked about um, live action Batman beyond. So we kind of covered that. 
And uh, we have some Q&A and then we have to unfortunately do a farewell. So I guess to leave on a positive note with a couple of minutes that we have left, let's do like two minutes on a, a farewell to the great Neil Adams, uh, creator of Raz al Ghul, along with Danny O'Neill, legendary, his other kind of main contribution to not only the bat legacy with that and a bunch of uh, efforts to bring back Batman from the sixties, from the camp into the dark Knight detective, as we know him now, Batman, the animated series. And then of course, Batman beyond all based uh, much of the Batman we know of is based on the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams, Batman beyond that. This guy is also a real life hero of, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people have said that of making sure that the creators of Superman, uh, got their due in, in comics and stuff. So, I mean, this guy is a legend to comics and also for us and beyond not to be selfish, but he, you know, out of the past, wouldn't be a thing without the great Neil Adams. Agreed. We just wouldn't have Batman in the way we know him without Neil Adams. What a loss. Yeah, I think he died uh, exactly at 80. Uh, and then there's a, a Fat Man on Batman podcast, Requiem. It just says the Neil Adams Requiem, and Kevin Smith just posted it. I think it's six hours altogether of everything that they ever recorded, which previously, like the older episodes of the old Fat Man on Batman show, now it's Fat Man Beyond. They're typically on that Kevin Smith club, uh, like a Patreon type thing that he has just for his own content, but he unlocked it. And now that's on the fat man beyond podcast feed. So check that out. Six hours of Neil Adams. And I actually met Neil Adams. So I'll uh, add that as well. Uh, I had the honor of meeting him and he was as Neil Adams as I would have expected him to be. He, I was at Boston fan expo, I believe 2017, like right when I had started the podcast and getting out there and doing stuff. And I, um, see his stand and I'm, you know, so got, obviously got real intimidated by it. And I was like, do I even have the money to approach this guy? And oddly enough, uh, or not oddly enough, <laughs> approaching Neil Adams is as intimidating as you would expect. Uh, he does not, he didn't really even give me the time of day until, unless I was like, wanted to buy something, wouldn't take a picture. I wasn't pushy about it. Cause I assumed he'd kind of be that, but you know, it was just a very old school, very Neil Adams story. And we talked about it on our, uh, our what is it? The Watchtower Database 100th episode. And I think one of the other guys in the database said that they had like the same experience. Like, unless you spent 75 bucks on something that he drew and was going to sign, he did not give you the time of day. But as I was like backpedaling away from his table, I'll never forget. I'm like, I really loved you on Fat Man on Batman. He's like, if you want the episodes, it's on Stitcher. I was like, goodbye. <laughs> um so you know it's kind of not to uh bring the guy down or anything of course because he was as great as he was that that's yeah. a, a out of love story for uh neil adams and my story of meeting him in person it was an honor still stands yeah yeah <laughs> but i've heard it was so funny when talking to the database they were like oh yeah that that's what he does um <laughs> all right so we will go out with <laughs> what's that i never met him yeah, it was uh, pretty nuts, man. I was like, shit, that is the creator of Raz al Ghul. That is pretty nuts. All right, so we're going to go out uh, on some Q&A here. We reached out to you guys on Instagram. We posted questions, and you guys posted some A's and some Q's. Uh, so we have from... This is Ask Anything Beyond Related. Uh, that's what we posted. And then Kenick on Instagram, K-E-N-N-Triple-I-N-Q said... 
Batman Beyond or Batman the Animated Series? Um, do we have to answer that question, Eli? That's my question. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. What kind of question is that? If you had to choose, Eli. Um, I think Batman the Animated Series is objectively better in every way but i prefer batman beyond and batman beyond just holds a completely different type of resonance with me so i'm a ride or die batman beyond all right i like it yeah i agree i think uh in you know i've said this in the show many times but there's way less stinkers in the grand scheme of quality of episodes between batman the animated series and batman beyond there's way less stinkers in batman the animated series than Batman Beyond. Um, the other thing, though, to consider there is there's literally double the amount, if not more double. I think it's 106 animated series, and then there's 52 episodes of Batman Beyond. So it's kind of like maybe if there was more Beyond, there'd be less. Uh, it could have gotten better. Who knows? But I think I agree. I I mean, Beyond just has a special place for me. I think maybe because I'm a little older, though, if I really had to choose... I, I might have to like gun to my head animated series it, but you know, it's cause I was seven when that came out. So that's fair. I guess that's my answer. Uh, all right. And then this is from S Rahasan underscore 88, who is very, uh, who's constantly kind of contributing to the Instagram. So hello to you. And thank you for contributing. Uh, we really need more Batman beyond where are new animated projects. All right. We have less than a minute. What do you think? New animated projects. Okay. Bruce Tim said uh, on a documentary that can be found on the final disc of the Blu-ray that a Batman Beyond project is not out of reach. It's just a matter of interest and priority for the, uh, for the studio. So it could actually happen on any given time. It's just a matter of if he seems like there's a story worth telling and if everyone else is on board to tell it. So you never know. It could happen tomorrow. Literally. Excellent. There it is. And he's doing Cape Crusader. So who knows? All right. Thank you, Eli. (laughs) All right. uh, I'll see you guys later. Ciao. Ciao. Hey, this is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, telling you to go above and Batman beyond.